I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the podcast. I am Kareen, your guide on this journey. And today's episode is actually a really interesting topic. We are going into the exploration to the heart of every single creative's journey, which is finding your why. I think we talk a lot about the how, we talk a lot about the what. I mean, especially the how, because everyone always wants to know how do we get to XYZ stage in our business life? How do we make art that is something that we dream about. But, you know, in a world that celebrates the end results, we often overlook the transformative power of purpose behind the art. So this is why we're wanting to figure out what is your why. And by doing that, me and our guest today, Karina, is here to help out with figuring out how we can discover our core purpose, the values and motivations that will really drive us to have longevity when it comes to being in a creative business. It's so important to have that deeper meaning so that you can work and live with a sense of purpose and fulfillment. So to start off, Karina, can you actually introduce yourself really briefly to our listeners? Sure, hi, Uh, my name is Karina. Valaro Zimmerman. I am the owner of Honey Press, which is a stationery store that is based out of Durham, North Carolina. Um, half of my store is focused on, you know, your typical Japanese and Korean stationery imports, and then the other half uh, is more so focused on like U.S.-based creatives of color and allies of the community. Um, I started this business in, like 2021. Um, after I moved over back to North Carolina during the pandemic. And I just opened up my storefront this past February. Oh my God, it's so cute. It's the cutest little storefront ever. Um, It's in one of those, what is it, like a shipping container? Yeah, yeah. So the place is called Boxyard and the idea behind it is that they took all these old shipping containers, put it together, spiced it all up to make it look really cool. And uh, there's, it's all local businesses. So that's what, one of the great things about it. Yeah, I would honestly say that's probably one of my favorite spots like up in the Triangle area. Mm-hmm. I think mainly because there's also such a variety of the small businesses there too. You could mm-hmm. legitimately spend a whole day there and just stay stuck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've gotten stuck there like, a couple of times just because I was just going to one place. And then like I could be in your place honestly for like two hours because there's so many things to choose from that it's it's kind of hard to not be there for a while to be like all right what are the best things for me to grab i really like that because i that's kind of part of what i hope the environment is is for it's a place to get lost in it's a place that you're like you feel comfortable you don't feel like i need to like get in get out i know and i can tell how purposely you also place that as well um and really to intro this episode and think about the why how did you discover what your why is when it came to creating a business? Because I'm sure you didn't just wake up and just be like, 
I'm just going to do this right now. I'm just going to make Honey Press a thing. It, my journey, I, it's always funny because everyone's like, oh, give me the quick synopsis. And I'm like, it's really my entire life because, <laughs> you know, usually with anything creative, you start with kind of that inert love of something when you're younger. And sometimes you're aware of it. Sometimes it's just kind of there and you don't really think of it as anything else. So like I, I grew up in the Bay Area in California, so San Jose. You know, you see these stationery stores everywhere. You have the cute Hello Kitty stuff. You've got like the stickers galore. Uh, it's just there and you take it for granted. And it was one of those things when um, during elementary school growing up, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is kind of my fun thing to fall back on. I love my stickers. I love my paper. I love my um, my marble gel pens and it's fun. And then you move out to a place that's a complete 180. Uh, so like I moved to North Carolina when I was in seventh grade and it was a complete 180. Like not only was I so far removed from my own culture, but I was so far removed from things that I had taken advantage that I had taken for granted like day to day. So things like going to 99 Ranch and like having some place to easily find rice, uh, that was difficult. Uh, there was no boba. Uh, there's, you know, and there's no, none of these stationary stores. So what I had seen as my comfort when I was much younger, I didn't have that with me anymore. It's not like we were in the age of Amazon or jet pens where you can easily access these items. It's like, okay, mom, you're going on a business trip there. Uh, here's a list of things that I want. And that's going to last me a year and a half. That in a safe space, just something to pour yourself into. That was kind of always there. I was just like, okay, if, if I visit a new place, I always want to go to the stationery stores. I want to play with stickers. I want to play with pens because that, that was just what I felt was fun to me. And it was a nice way to escape because in terms of creativity, I'm not like a physical artist. I don't draw. I I definitely am terrible at making music. <laughs> I, I tried photography one time and it, it was just not my thing. And so, you know, again, I carry this along with me and in a piece of it around the same time, because I was in a different environment, um, I was very far removed from my culture. I was, and part of that was purposefully so and it was a means for me to survive but the one thing that kind of kept me grounded to that was the whole stationary bit and now that I'm older I moved back and I had my family and I was kind of in this place I was like you know I really wish that I had been much closer to my culture I wish that I had the communities that you see people have now through TikTok and social media even on college campuses. Like, I think I was like one of three Filipinos at my uh, campus the entire time that I was going for my bachelor's degree. And I was talking to my my partner and my husband, Devin, he was like, you know what? We're in a good place. You always talk about your stationery. You love it. And it's more than just you writing in your planners and your journals. You have this love for it as far as long as I've known you. And I know that it's been your dream to open up this business, which I didn't realize I talked about it that much. Because to me, I'm just like, oh, this is just a fleeting thought. If I win the lottery, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And so, you know, with that encouragement, with like the backing and support of my family, I was like, okay, let me put this out there. And in terms of, it was kind of like my selfish way of 
reconnecting to my culture and what I loved about it in the first place. And then I figured, I was like, oh, wow, if I feel this way, I'm sure there's other marginalized communities that feel the same way um, in this and they want to see themselves more than just, you know, one one day, one month in a year. So that's how I started kind of curating all the products and seeing that joy of people recognizing themselves in it and seeing themselves. They're like, oh my gosh, you never see this stuff anywhere. And that's what I always eventually wanted it to become was a safe space to find that joy without having to think about anything else to escape essentially but still feel safe so that's the long version <laughs> yeah. hey this is a long version long form content thing so you give me a long version all you want i know you were saying that like people ask you the quick question but i'm like this is never a quick question <laughs> i'm like you're telling me to basically tell you the ins and out of my being and why i decided to be a problem solver and something <laughs> that's essentially what you did especially like I think a lot of creatives and especially like creative business owners, we don't think about how we are truly problem solvers. I think mm -hmm. we see our job as fun, but then, you know, it's more than just that fun, like nature of it. I mean, that's a huge important part. Like we can even think about like, why is it fun? Like, why is it fun to have stationary? Because, yeah. you know, you feel represented, you feel seen. I mean, mm -hmm. I have a book. You can't see, like, there won't be a video version of this, of course, because I have this really interesting philosophy of trying to keep this, like, audio. Um, <laughs> that's a long story. But um, I have a ton of, like, the stationaries that I brought from your store. And even on my keychain, too, I have a couple of stuff there. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's just, like, these are, like, little pockets of joys that we can look at, especially with how intense and wild like the world can get like yeah. i feel like at the end of the day we need creatives we need artists and we need people like you who are i would say creative curators really mm -hmm. because i feel like artists and especially like people of color and especially asian communities where we tend to stay within ourselves which that's a whole other thing for us to unpack but you know when you have people who are like creative curators like you that's how you're able to be sort of a vessel and a sort of like a helping like guide for people to be like, all right, how can I help you connect with more people? And mm -hmm. that kind of just, you know, leaves so perfectly in your why too. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe that you having this why has helped you overcome like challenges and face them too? Because, you know, as life goes, life be lifing and we always end up having to pivot. <laughs> pivot is the biggest thing when it comes to us living. Right. And definitely, so I come from a student affairs background, which is very mm. woo-woo-rah-rah. It's like, let's connect to our inner selves. And there was this whole philosophy of before you figure out the what, find your why. And there's a whole, like, I think TED Talk about it. And there's circles involved. And I'm not going to get too far into that. But I remember when I first started out, I was kind of, I mean, I still am, but I was kind of shooting in the dark. I'm like, okay, let's see what sticks. I was doing pop-ups. And I'm like, okay, I like these items. I like these items. And then for a little bit, I kind of steered off the path and started buying or purchasing and curating things that 
I thought people would like rather than what was connected to my original mission. And when I realized that, I recognized that, you know, people could see that. People could see that, you know, yeah, it's fun stuff still, but it doesn't really resonate with the brand. It really doesn't really resonate with why I put this uh, this place, this shop, this store out there. So when I realized that, I was like, okay, let me like rein it in. It's like, I know I get excited about everything, but let's rein it in. Let's like refocus. So it's always, my why has always been something to ground myself. I, and grounding has been a huge part of my time as a business owner, especially since I, like I have a lot of anxiety. I a lot of it came postpartum, but I think I had some <laughs> undiagnosed anxiety even prior to having children. And you know, you need something to ground yourself into your personal brand, whatever it is that you are creating, because ultimately, if you don't have that, you're you're really floundering. You're not necessarily being true to yourself of why you're putting this out there and people will recognize that. So like when you put the why and figure that out, it really resonates with other people and they tend to be more drawn to you. They're, they're more drawn to your story because it could be a story that they've experienced it themselves. Maybe someone in their family or their friends, they see it and they recognize that I'm like, wow, that that really is something that I'm drawn to. So like, for example, um, so how I know Corrine is that I followed her on, or I followed them on Instagram first and saw all the amazing work that they were doing in um, the creative world. And, you know, they were unapologetically them and um, in who they are and what they meant. And I really resonated with that and I wanted that to be reflected in my branding. So that's how I kind of recruited them. And I was like, hey, can you do my like <laughs> store photos? Because I really want to support you and what you stand for. And I feel like, you know, we get along even outside of <laughs> working together professionally. Uh, and that, that was really important to me. And like, if you ever see, any of their pictures or even my branding photos, they really caught the essence of what um, I hoped Honey Press to be. So, yeah. oh, you're so sweet. Also, <laughs> the funny thing is, when we did that shoot, I drove all the way up to um, where your storefront is. And no joke, after we were done shooting, I was like, all right, time for me to shop. <laughs> like, I, it was just like, you know, when you're in surrounded in that space for so long, I couldn't have my personal. Kareen had take over. I was trying to be like, okay, Kareen, stay business, stay business. Like, you know, we were working with the client for first and foremost. And then once we were done with the shoot, I was like, all right, kind of shop. I have so much stuff. Honestly, a lot of the um, podcast episode ideas, I jot them down in one of the notebooks I bought from oh, your place. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I feel like when you get a notebook, that you love to like you like the feel of it is great like the whole experience you have with it is great it's so easy to get into it start writing and you know feeling inspired versus like you know you just get a random run of the mill piece of paper and then stick yeah. it together other stuff like there is a beauty to simple things like stationary and things like that and yeah i absolutely love how 
you, I know we said like creative curator, but I'm also feel like you're also a connector some way. You seems like you've been seeing and finding people who not only identify relatively the same as you, you know, talking about like BIPOC artists and people who feel underrepresented and, you know, the big world of like stationary and like art related to that, where there's not a lot of, for example, greeting cards that have like holidays, like Diwali, Chinese New Year. There's not a lot of stuff like that. And like, I remember when I would go to your place, I bought a couple cards like that because I have friends who are of different religions or like different country origins. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's a holiday coming up. Like, let me buy them a card and they probably are going to be very appreciative of it because you never see that. You never see that on like stands that are easily accessible. Right. Yeah. And that's always been that that has definitely kind of factored into my why. And I think about like, okay, if like, so I love me some Target. Like I love Target. Yes. So I always wander down the aisles just just to kind of like clear my brain sometimes. And I I'm very purposeful about if I can get it here, I don't want it in my store. Because mm. one, I'm all about community over competition, which I mean, I know Target's a big brand, rah, rah, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if it's accessible there, then they don't need me. So um, when I try to find brands and, you know, different celebrations for different cultures and religions, I want to make sure that there's at least a couple of options there because, you know, you don't ever want to be as like, oh, this is all I got. I got the one card. There's a really funny, um, there was a really funny card that I saw the other day and it was like, this store is a terrible Hanukkah card collection. (laughs) That's really funny, but I got cards (laughs) and but like it made me think of that um so i was just like okay so like you can get a a happy birthday card anywhere you can get a regular congrats card but you know you don't get anything with like asian food puns like dim somebody's say it's your birthday yeah (laughs) and hey hot stuff and have like a picture of sriracha it's like it's different it's something that literally you can't get anywhere else at least locally Mm. so that's kind of been um that's been part of the why that i branch out and was like okay if i can get it somewhere else i don't want it in my store yeah that totally makes sense and that really goes into the whole kind of concept or just logic that you are not trying to serve every single person that lives on this earth and Mm -hmm. planet like you very much because you're so connected to your why you understand the audience that you're serving you you understand the problem that you're trying to solve and mm-hmm. you're, the problem you're trying to solve is not like, I need to have the entire world's collection of holidays and stationery, <laughs> plus having notebook versions of every single concept and thing that people could think about. Like, you're like, I'm very focused on my why. I'm very focused on what I do. So mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. And you're okay with, um, it's like a purposeful exclusion of things. Yes. You know, where exclusion by the sound of it sounds horrible. <laughs> but that's why you put, you know, purposeful exclusion. Like it's meant to be something that way you can ensure that you're inclusive in other ways. Yeah. And the way I see it is that there's something for everyone in the store, regardless of if it's a card or a notebook or a button. Like pens are universal. Everyone 
write something at some point. I know we're kind of drifting away from analog, but we're we're holding on tight as tight as <laughs> analog. But everyone loves a good pen. They all have their their preferences. And so I got my beautiful pen wall that I hope to expand. And that's my pen wall is kind of a mini representation of my store is that you have so many different types and then varieties of those different types and one person may not necessarily like this point type or this type of ink or a click versus a cap or a dual tip something that's um a multi-pen but there's something for everybody mm -hmm. and you won't know it until you find it and you try it so that is kind of my ecosystem within an ecosystem um, uh, as far as I, I put everything together. So it's, yes, exclusion in some ways. It's more of let's see who's not being seen mm. and bring them bring them forward rather than push anybody back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, even if you're, in a sense, like serving the why of like being a space where... BIPOC artists and BIPOC people, especially within the Asian community, can feel more represented. That doesn't mean that people who are not Asian themselves, but they are people who enjoy Asian culture, things yeah. like that's an audience that is still being served. It's not just excluded to the identity. It's honestly just like a celebration of things that need to be celebrated more, in a sense. Right. And that's a, that's a whole other thing, too, is that when it comes to cultural items and products you always have this conversation about appropriation versus appreciation where is that line is there a line and how close can you toe to it without actually stepping over into that appropriation and i'm very purposeful about you know all my marketing social media and explaining like okay what are the backgrounds behind these things um what is the red envelope signify in Asian culture? How is it different amongst different Asian cultures? Or, you know, why, what is a parole? And it's like, a parole is that Christmas lantern that you see from the Philippines, and it could be out of glass, out of um, paper and bamboo, and like having that in the store and people will see, and they're like, sometimes they'll just see, oh, it's a pretty star, and, but then they'll learn the background behind it and why it's so important to the culture. And I think that's really exciting to open people up to a whole other world that they didn't know. So that kind of brings more community together. So even if you're not necessarily part of that culture, you've learned about it and you can appreciate it now. Yeah, and that's something where your why, again, mm -hmm. I think is just so deeply ingrained to your business and how you even talk. Um, really mainly also one of the reasons LOL, why I wanted you to be on this podcast episode because I cl clearly and distinctly remember during our brand photo shoot just how much passion you had with your mm -hmm. store, um, especially because and for context for people that are listening um, during a lot of photo shoots, I have it where it's not like a silent mode time because it's so mad awkward so we do a lot of talking to each other and especially for brand photo shoots like i really want to know the person and the face behind the brand because you know personal branding it's all about capturing the person that created the business after all so um and i think the way that you explain your why now and you explained your why then 
is just so there's so much strength behind it and it really shows and resonates back onto honey press um i do wonder though like has your why like evolved over time or is it pretty much like stayed the same i feel like the why has evolved in a sense but it hasn't necessarily changed directions so i think of it when i i think of evolution i in my pokemon brain i'm like oh it's a <laughs> now <laughs> like oh it's mega evolution uh but when i think about it you know it was just an idea when i first thought of it i was just like ooh it's like wouldn't it be cool if and then it sprouted into a okay it's here will anybody like it and now that it's been established for a while having the brick and mortar because having the brick and mortar is a completely different beast aside from having pop-ups which that is a whole subject for another day <laughs> um but now that i have heard back from the community like via social media in person and i just hear those affirmations of a I feel seen. Thank you for having this space for me. I've never seen this anywhere before. This is my story and this is what brought me to you and what this has done for me uh, or my family or my friends. That kind of pushes the why even further and kind of makes me like grind my or ground myself like deep in roots and you know, try to fight. I was like, okay, so not only do I have this purpose for myself, but I have purpose for others and it's proven so let me continue cultivating this space for them and others who may not necessarily have discovered us yet and do everything in my power to keep this space because you know small businesses it's hard it's really really hard to stay alive and especially right now um, because you know I'm again, I'm not from a retail background. So like I was just kind of guessing. I was like, oh yeah, I did this well in a pop-up here. I'm like, year to year, it's not the same. And you know, you do everything you can to cultivate this space and let people know that you're present. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes you have to look at it realistically as like, okay, yeah, I have the space. Yeah, I want it, but how much can I give up? to make sure that this exists for others before losing everything that I have. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, that sounds very dramatic, but you know, when it comes to small business, sometimes that's, that's the way it is because it's your own time. It's your own investment. Um, sometimes it's your own money that you're throwing into the business and certain decisions have to be made. But at the end of the day, you can't do it without that community of people that you've developed the space and the art and for like if they don't come then you can't exist yeah and i think we forget that too we you know we talked a lot of this episode about the why and how it's a really great grounding exercise you know in case we get to those points that are challenging mm -hmm. i mean i feel like this episode is very timely for me as well because I was literally thinking last week, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> shit is hard. Like shit is so hard when you're a small business owner because it just, you know, it's, you don't have a backing of a consistent salary there mm -hmm. and how the U.S. has a system where insurance, like health insurance, is tied to your job. It's like a whole 
monster for especially with like you were talking about you don't have a retail background like i don't have many family members if any who are like business owners so i had to really figure out a lot of things by myself mm -hmm. um and during that trying to figure out by myself sort of thing and like you know i had this why but then i was trying to figure out okay how do i connect that to the what and the how it was mm -hmm. really like leaning into the communities that you connected with whether that's other business owners or people that you serve through your why and i think reconnecting to that you know because inevitably everyone is going to get to a point where they're going to be like I, i'm going to quit <laughs> i want to get out of this this is so stressful um because it's a different kind of stress than like you know nine to five work stress yes. and not everyone's going to be so it but again it's like you know lean back into your why rethink about it maybe it's the it's time to make it evolve and pivot maybe it needs to you know become a charmander you know, <laughs> you, know you know it might it might need some evolving or you know you need to kind of sit down and think about, you know, your sense of purpose with the community members that you have, whether it's one-on-one -on -one conversations like we're having now or like big group discussions, like those things are so present, especially with a digital world. Like mm -hmm. I can't, like when you men mentioned how, when you first moved here, you know, it's like that was pre-social media age, pre a lot of things of how to yes. different ways to connect with people. Like we really gotta be, um, taking advantage of like what we have now because it's it's incredible what it can do to a business and to a creative journey as well and speaking of more of the business aspect you know that a lot of the listeners that we have it's either people who are creatives or creative entrepreneurs themselves or just people who are supporters of creatives um and i really wanted to talk about three big major areas of a business such as marketing sales and client experience and how we can integrate our why into those because i mean client experience and marketing that's those are fun topics like people love talking yeah. about it sales is a little different <laughs> i think anytime people hear sales um it's kind of like an icky feeling i mean we can impact that a little bit um but like you were saying you know even with how strong and like purpose-driven we are um when you're running a business of any type like sales is important is the the flow that that cash flow in is what keeps the why alive too yes. so i'm gonna give you the option i we got three different little areas little side stories to go into really quick i like to start with the hard stuff so that we can like right. lighten it up. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like barbenheimer it's like start with the gritty stuff and then go into the happy-go-lucky yeah <laughs> which i never re i never understood when people are like i watch a barbie first and i was like no. Why? How you do I was like that. <laughs> okay, but yeah, but I like I like how you're thinking because I I also was an Oppenheimer. Took a break, had lunch, went to Barbie, cried a little bit after, but then had dinner. So, <laughs> so let's do let's do sales. So like, how does understanding and communicating your why? How has that impacted your sales process in a creative business? And you know, you can think about specific like techniques or approaches that you found successful mm -hmm. um maybe also kind of tweaking the notion that a lot of us see sales as like a you know sleazy like snake oil sort of thing because it's not always like that no no definitely not and like it's really funny because in college i was like always the marketing pr type of person but i wasn't the one who was like in your face here's a flyer you, you know those people yeah it's like i was like no i don't want to be a part of your study <laughs> and, 
like when I think of sales, I think of it, it's just the natural order. Like no matter what, if you're in any sort of business, creative or not, you're going to have to do it. And when you consider it, you're like, okay, let me think of it from both the customer side and from the entrepreneur side. So if I'm thinking about it from the customer side, you're thinking it's like, okay, what is the value in this product, in this service? And is that value meaningful enough for me? So if I'm thinking like, okay, <laughs> this is actually a really good example because like we're going into the holidays. So I think I was like, okay, um, I'm gonna sell wrapping paper. Okay, all right, wrapping paper. And it's like, is there anything special about said wrapping paper that'll make me buy three sheets of wrapping paper for $20 in comparison to my $5 roll that's going to last me for three years that I can get from Costco or Target? Not so, maybe that's not necessarily going to be of a good value. But if it's something that's like, oh, look at this, this is like very cultural themed, this is it has the little uh paroles or has all the different languages or oh hey it has a person of color represented like in the little uh snow village themes maybe that's going to be more valuable to you as a customer if that's your target audience so from the customer view you always have to think it's like okay what is reasonable and what is valuable mm. that's what is reasonable and valuable to them may not necessarily be the same for you and that's because of two reasons. One, what you like is not necessarily what the, the customer likes. And that is something that's very, very hard to come to terms with. And be, I, I learned this very early on. I'm like, I love these notebooks. I love these pens. And I'm like, why aren't these moving? And I'm like, oh, like that's just my own personal taste. Like I see, I, I see it now. It's like, okay, let, let, let's find something that's still within the same realm that is also reasonable. And two, in terms of value, I find this especially with small business owners and creatives that you tend to undervalue yourself. You undervalue your services. You undervalue the products and the time. You're... Like, especially if you're in a product-based business like mine, it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, all right, I'm just gonna mark this up double, like that's standard. Mm. But to think about what else goes into that, what aside from, you know, your shipment costs, um, your overhead costs, you think about the time it takes to connect. <laughs> I deal with international stuff, so what's the currency exchange rate? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, and then you also look, it's like, okay, in comparison to other companies or other services that are very similar to mine, what are they valuing theirs at? And sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know if my stuff is as valuable as theirs. But at the end of the day, yes, it is. And as a creative, as a, a entrepreneur, you need to remind yourself that constantly because ultimately, if the customer sees that it's valuable and you see yourself as valuable, then that that's where the connect is going to be whenever it comes to sales. So while yes, it's very scary, you're like, who am I to price things this way at this rate? I was like, 
you know, maybe you've been doing it for one to two years, someone else has been doing it for 10 years. And you're like, I don't know if like my quality is up to that standard. You can't discount yourself. Like, no, yes, maybe sometimes you're in a place where you're you're just starting out. No, you can't start with those high, high prices because you still don't have the experience, but mm -hmm. you still need to value what you have to offer and what you are bringing to the table and what's considered valuable to the customer. Absolutely. And I love that you use the word value too. Mm -hmm. I think we think that sales is this weird, it's always a weird topic to bring up because people in general don't like it. And I think it's because there's that uncomfortability with money and my God, that could be a whole episode about the whole <laughs> money mindset that I, I even had to like learn very quickly um, coming into this uh, industry. But really like, I feel like sales, we think, we immediately think of um, like a sleazy salesman that's selling some really, you know, really kind of shitty product, like really yeah. bad quality, like it's gonna break like in two days. Um, <laughs> and he's really like hyping it up like to the customer and they kind of feel pushed into it. And it's a lot of like, it feels like a lot of pushing. Mm -hmm. And um, and I love that you even talked about that example of like how you'll just get like shoved flyers when you're like walking around a college campus. Cause oh my gosh, I would have that too. And it was always <laughs> just so weird. <laughs> It was like a very uncomfortable because, you know, it's that whole natural instinct. If someone's handing you something, like you just grab it. And then I'm like, why did I grab this? Um, <laughs> or when people stop you and they try to like get a sale from you, even though you yourself were like, I wasn't even going to stop by. Like, it's a very odd. Those are very old, like sales tactics sort of things. But really, like we can frame it where sales is all about, you know, you valuing your product and understanding what the customer values and then mm -hmm. that like relationship being built and all like all of it just like ends up connecting and you end up being like mutually supportive because if you really believe in what you sell in then mm -hmm. you know them giving you money for a product for example that you're providing it's because you know that that product is worth for them and solving a problem in their life mm -hmm. and you know that's why you know sales especially for creatives and creative entrepreneurs it's not going to be sleazy because I am pretty sure many creative entrepreneurs are selling things that are extremely and highly valuable. Um, so we shouldn't be afraid of that either. Um, but I know with sales, it's never complete with sales if you don't have some marketing. And marketing is always a little fun part, I will say. I, I really love the marketing part. Um, but how have you incorporated your why in the little fun part of the business with marketing? So marketing is one of those things where I have ideas. I'm just really bad at execution. So. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. It, no, for real. It's so limitless. <laughs> but I think it's like also the part where I'm like, oh my God, I need to duplicate myself. <laughs> uh, so I've actually tasked one of my um, employees. Um, I tasked her with being our marketing manager. And rather, I give her artistic license with a whole bunch of things but when it, at the end of the day we always like recenter is like okay how does this connect to you know our upcoming theme or our store as a whole what what are we trying to promote at this particular time so more so than just it's like okay hey look at these items of their barbie theme tee -hee -hee -hee. um we we definitely try to lean in more into it's like, okay, how could you use these products? How do different cultures use these products? Um, you know, if it's the APAHM, um, American Pacific American 
um, Islander uh, Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. When we do that, not only do we focus in on items that are created by those specific uh, creatives of the community, but we focus on the person. We focus on the creator themselves and bring in, it's like, okay, what is their story? Let me share with you their story of why they created these items and ultimately why we pulled them in. So marketing can be that sleazy thing. Like, you remember telemarketers? Like, oh, Lord. Yes. Back when, I mean, they're still telemarketers, but back when you had a home phone and you didn't have call um, call waiting and you didn't know who was there on the other line on the phone, it, it was just it was kind of a crapshoot. You're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. And I feel obligated to listen to this person. Yeah. But marketing, now it's so easy for people to kind of opt in to listen and see creatives and businesses and influencers that they're interested in and that they connect to. So it's more of a community-based, permission-based marketing, so to speak, because they are essentially saying, yes, I'm interested in what you have to sell, but sometimes I need to be reminded of what it is and, again, why it is that you're doing what you're doing. So I, th- I feel like marketing has definitely evolved um, to that and more so than ever. It's less of a here, bye, 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 and more of a, hey, just remember us. Mm-hmm. Thing. And with remembering too, like really in summary, marketing, you are never annoying people. I think a lot of people think like, oh, if I'm like marketing my stuff and I'm telling people why, like who I am, my brand, like my why when it comes into going into business, they're like, man, that's a lot of like content marketing or website posts that like, oh no, I feel like I'm going to annoy people with all the emails I send them every week. And I'm like, no, like y'all are good. Like, you know, like Karina just said, a lot of people opt in, like they want to hear about what you're doing. And I'm sure too, with the community that you've built, like people are super excited when, you know, we go day to day, it's like the usual stuff. And then you're like, hey, there's an event, like an exciting thing. Like, it's not an annoying thing for people to hear that. Like, when you market that event, it's because, like, your community that you've built is excited to hear that. And they're excited to be a part of the how and the what of your why. Mm -hmm. And it's a really huge thing with marketing. It comes, you know, hand in hand with sales. And I think, too, with those two things also comes in the client experience. Because marketing, sales, the end product, the before, the after, during, all of that is a huge journey for the client or customer to go towards um, your business and how they'll actually stay like within your business and continually supporting them. I know for me, because I myself, I can actually consider myself a Honeypress customer, like, you know, going into the store, like actually going through all the different things and then down to buying the product and now using the products every single day, because like I told you, um, one of the notebooks that I got from one of the many notebooks, I will say <laughs> one of the notebooks I got from um, Honey Press, like I use it to brainstorm the podcast and stuff. And mm-hmm. so how have you maybe whether it's like you yourself or if you've seen other creatives, how have you integrated your why into ensuring that that client experience involves a really strong knit connection with your community members and your customers right so this is kind of twofold because again when you talk about client experience you're thinking about one-on-one one-on-two interaction and you're also talking about the environment 
So when you are talking about environment, you know, a lot of creatives right now, they don't, not a lot of people are, are able to afford uh, brick and mortar. A lot of their things are a surface based, uh, so they can go place to place or pop up based. So with that, you're essentially dragging your client experience with you everywhere. And the biggest piece is making it easy for people to identify you. So identifying, it's like, okay, what does this brand, what, not just what is this brand selling, but what is this brand supposed to mean to me? So for example, I went to my first trade show um, this past August and trade shows are basically where you can discover um, new artists and uh, creatives and see their stuff in person, you know, feel, touch, play with, make orders, all that fun stuff. And some of them I recognize or I've already worked with before. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cute. And there was this one booth that caught my eye and it was it was something along the lines of cards for people who don't like to buy cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. that's so goofy. <laughs> She's like, this is my kind of angst. I'm a little like, as you get yeah. to start here, I get. And I was just like, oh, this is this is me. I was like, I feel this. And so that drew me in mm -hmm. to to kind of what they were about. And it was really nice too, because during pop-up, it's very tempting to be go up and be like, oh my God, a customer, let me go. You tell mm -hmm. them all, you don't want to scare them off. <laughs> you want to let them explore and see, it's like, okay, let me check this out. Let me see, it's like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Uh, maybe I, I can't do this right now, but I do want to make sure that I have this. So part, part of that is, again, with the marketing is knowing your branding. So so for their business, their branding was like, we have snarky cards. And it's very, it's like, they have a very specific font, they have a specific style. You can tell that is, and uh, I'm still waiting to carry their stuff, but Modern Disaster, that's the name of the brand. Like, Oh my gosh, that was a perfect name. <laughs> Yes, modern disaster. It's fantastic. There was that was the one that had the uh, card that says the store has a terrible Hanukkah card section. Oh my gosh, that's full circle. <laughs> uh, there was another one that said, um, "Here's a card instead of me texting you from the toilet, Merry Christmas." <laughs> it's fantastic. Like I love their cards, and so like ha having a very secure brand because it's very easy to be like oh let me do what everyone else is doing or let me just grab a bunch of different things and hope that something sticks you want to acknowledge that okay when you're doing your why your why is part of your branding and your branding needs to be reflected in whatever environment whether pop-up or brick and mortar so seeing that um i've seen people with like little signs at pop-ups that are very like brief descriptions of what kind of products they carry um so and I've done a lot of pop-ups in the past two years. And the ones that I tend to pass by more often is the one where I don't see signage. So not necessarily signage for prices because I don't do signage for prices, but signage of, okay, what is their business name? Where's their logo? What are they selling? Because mm -hmm. yeah, sure, I can see the products that they're selling on their tabletop, but at the end of the day, 
when was the last time you walked into a store that didn't have a sign on it? Yeah, you'd be kind of sketched out. You'd yeah. be like, who, <laughs> who is this? Where am I going so, into? It's like a beginning of a horror movie, honestly. You didn't have a sign. Even the hole-in-the-wall great food restaurants have some sort of sign. Some sign, yeah. Like noodles. Yeah. Okay, the noodles, cool. And then you go and you're like, okay, so this is not spaghetti, but this is ramen. And yeah. Good ramen. So, <laughs> so you have some semblance of an idea of what it is you're going into before you enter into that space. So that's part of the client experience um, when you're thinking about environment. And then you also have to think about you know, in terms of client experience, you know, everyone talks about customer service, this, customer service, that. Sometimes customer service is taking a step back and letting people discover on their own. Yes. Yeah. It's not, you don't have to be like all up in their business, be like, hi, how are you doing? Like, what do you need any help? And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't do this. That is a very easy way to get me out the door. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, gosh, going in to a store, if someone like comes up to me, they're like, Hey, have you checked out this item? I'm like, no, not yet. I just got here. And then I'd but, leave. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the surefire way to get them to run away. Yeah. Loki, like, <laughs> I wonder if it's also because of like our background as Asian Americans as well. Like very this is not <laughs> this is very off topic. <laughs> but I remember I went to um the local Asian market here. And there was this person that was going around, like trying to find somebody that would like help her out. And I'm like, I was literally thinking, I'm like, bruh, you're in an Asian market. You're on your own. Like, we're just good. You're in and out. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, how are you doing, ma'am? Like, do you need help? And then like walking around the store. It's like, you got it. You got it. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, I, I admit, like, I have definitely carried that down even with my kids. Yeah. They're like, they bring me a cup. They're like, I'm thirsty. I'm like, you have a cup. There's the water fountain. Go <laughs> water. Like, what do you need me for? What are you telling me for? But, you know, like, obviously, you know, when you're in, you know, we're, we're in America. Let's, let's go. It's like, we're yeah. in So, you know, you have to adapt these different practices and understands, like, not everyone thinks the same way. <laughs> yeah. But it could be a balance, too. Like, you know, like, yeah. there's a reason why we're called Asian Americans. It's like, we, yeah. you know, understand the American culture, yet still also keep our Asian roots and Asian cultural things, which is why I do the same thing with my client experience, too. I try not to be overbearing and over, like, what the ideal customer service worker is, where they're just always, like, talking to people all the time um it's like a matter of just like gauging like what kind of client they are like i think you could probably tell the type of person that's like gonna want more assistance and the person that kind of wants more of like for example like a waiter that just you know greets them at the end and then the beginning and that's it right like, you'll have to kind of just gauge and you know i think also with the client experience like everyone is the same yet different so they're coming in for the same reason but they'll want different ways of like going around it so mm -hmm. and like exploring and like discovering like what you offer so um yeah i love that you have that um outlook into that and also like describing the other people that you've um seen and other creatives and how they've done their sales and marketing experience mm -hmm. um i think another thing with that is that we have a lot of creatives that have similar whys as well and so like connecting with those people and seeing how they do it it's a great way to also um, you know, exchange ideas and, you know, see where you can like change up your stuff and like, um, continue the evolution of your why. So yeah, 
we're going to be wrapping up the episode here, but mm -hmm. I do want to kind of bring ourselves back to the beginning because I know we kind of got into the part of the why where it's time <laughs> to incorporate it. But, you know, maybe there's still some people here who are listening and they're like, girl, like, I don't know, what I'm, like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, you know, like they're still in the very much the discovery process, which is totally okay. I mean, I think even for myself, when I had a why for the longest time, I had to basically bring myself back to step one and rediscover like why I do what I do. So mm -hmm. what advice would you give to creatives and creative entrepreneurs that are listening who are still in that process of discovering their why and how they can navigate it so that they could stay true to not only their business goals, but also their artistic vision at the end of the day. I would recommend having a mini retreat with yourself or if you have a partner in your creative business um, with them and kind of pull yourself aside, bring yourself out of your comfort zone and your comfort environment and kind of sit down with yourself and you know just brain dump like i'm really bad at journaling but i'm really good at making lists so for me i write down in my list like okay what is not necessarily what am i selling but what is my purpose mm. so, you know around it i was like the how will come after i figure out the what and the why prior because ultimately, without knowing that why or the, your purpose, your mission, your values, without knowing that it's going to be very generic, and, and that's the harsh truth about it, it's going to be very generic. It's going to not stand on its own, and it's not going to resonate with anybody because people will ask. They want to know. They want to know your why. They And if you don't have an answer for them, they're going to move on. So like if I think about going to a gallery and I'm like, okay, why did you create this photo? I ask why they created this photo before I would ask how did they put it together? Mm. How, did, how did they do the composition? I would ask like what was your motivation for using this medium or using this particular muse what made you see the beauty in this particular thing so from an artist standpoint you're constantly analyzing what does again going back to the whole value piece like what makes you value this that makes should make me value it because people are all about connection for the most part even introverts i'm an introvert you couldn't tell by this podcast, but I'm an introvert. Oh, I am as well. <laughs> we're just both like really good at faking it, right? Right. <laughs> well, we're also at the beginning of the day. So like social battery is like all time high right now. If we did this at the end of the day, it'd be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so when you when you're thinking about you're like, I just don't know what to do. Just keep it simple. Remind yourself not why you're selling but why you're doing it so what is it that brought you to this creative medium what is it that made you love music or photography or art or um, dance whatever it may be what brought you to this particular space that you are in your life because you can find that the answers in the lead up so like at the beginning of this podcast is coming full circle now I basically told you my life story because it's not as simple as, oh, I woke up one day and yeah, I wanted to do it. But you will find golden nuggets throughout your life. And it may be a specific area of your life. It may be over a really long span of time. 
It may have just been the course of last week, but you will find those pieces of what brought you to where you're, you're currently at with your art and your creative mind. And once you define that, everything else is going to fall into place. Everything else is going to be easier to see as like, okay, so this is why I brought it, my, myself to this. So if I'm like, oh, I've loved anime all my life. I found comfort in Pokemon and manga and Sh Shonen Jump, and I still do, and I wanted to draw like them. So I decided to make my own uh, keychains and uh, tapestries because I couldn't, I could never find that elsewhere. And then I'm like, okay, so how am I going to get this out there? I'm going to go to anime cons. I'm going to go where the fandoms are. I'm going to, uh, you know, go to like um, share my stuff with different stores that sell this kind of stuff. And so again, like I said, like once you figure out that why, the rest is going to come easy. Not necessarily easy in terms of, oh yeah, people are going to buy, but mm -hmm. easy in terms of what your next steps are going to be. Yeah, it informs you about like where your path is because there's nothing worse than when you start and you're like, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much. This has been such a great episode and honestly has me even thinking about revisiting my wife for this week, kind of just reconnecting. I think it's a, there's something about the end of the year and the holiday season too. <laughs> oh it makes you self-reflect. <laughs> so many journaling. <laughs> so much journaling too yeah no i i totally get it but thank you so much for being on this podcast karina um before we officially close out i do want to make sure that listeners can continue to not only support you but also honey press and like where they can find you all this kind of good stuff that you know just just throw us all the handles at this point yeah sure so um we're honey press uh, all one word. <laughs> and uh, on TikTok and Instagram, we are at honeypress.nc. So North Carolina. Um, and so not as much posting on TikTok um, as Instagram. Our website is honeypress-nc.com. So if you want to shop online, we're there and available for you as well. And then if you're local to North Carolina, the Triangle area, we are located over in Boxyard. Usually if you Google Boxyard, you'll find that before how do you guess? <laughs> so we're um, based out of the Research Triangle Park area, uh, literally right off of the Davis Drive exit. So yeah. please come visit us there too. Yeah, and it's a really great spot. So if you even want to make a whole day like I did, <laughs> you just go over, you know, grab a breakfast somewhere, go shop at Honey Press, and then, oh, lunchtime is over here. Let's go get lunch and then go shop some more. Um, it is a really great spot. And I think it's it's honestly a really great spot for you to have your brick and mortar there as well. Mm. Like, it's so unique. And then I think its uniqueness really connects with your uniqueness too of how you not only – have unique products to sell but also have such a unique business and a unique why to your business as well thank you but yeah but thank you so much this was so much fun thanks Carrie. i love being on here and best of luck and best wishes to all of you creators out there you got this you can make it it will pass whatever struggle that you're going through it will pass and you're gonna i you will make it that's it for today's episode if you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only. 
and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.